Ooh, 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 ooh. Do I have a treat for you? First of all, thank you. Welcome. This is Drew Stories, episode four, and I'm just so thrilled. I'm overwhelmed, and I'm so excited for a couple of reasons. One, let's just start running them down the list, because who doesn't like a good fucking list right now? You know what I mean? One, I'm excited to even be here. I am fucking pumped, and I'm talking about the existential here. I'm talking about the here, here. I'm talking about being alive, but I'm also talking about the fact that we've made it this far, which is a huge accomplishment, which brings us to number two of why I'm fucking psyched out of my goddamn mind, because, hey, there's a lot of people out there and think I'll make it this far. Well, fuck them. It's episode four, and to all the people that said there's no fucking way after that turd episode three that he's going to continue, and he's going to persevere, and he's going to move forward and somehow make another episode, and I I dare say to you, who the fuck is going to stop me right now? Nobody. Not a single one of y'all. I don't mean to get too hyped, but it's also I have this like extra energy about this fucking episode because... We take, this is a special edition, uh, if I dare say. It's a special edition. I'm excited about it. You know why? Because it's what, it, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting thing for a couple of reasons. One, Australia should be fucking jazzed because we have Damien Sutherland on the, on the goddamn podcast. Um, and we, and he is just a spectacular human being, uh, kind of a, a rascal. Australian rascal, as they call them, and uh, and we had quite the ripper. We had a ripper of a goddamn talk, and it was really exciting because it was also about something I really like to talk about, which is robbery, <laughs> straight theft, straight armed robbery is what we talked about. We we pumped an hour's worth of fucking content out there for you, and you're just sitting there like I don't understand why my feed isn't feeding me. Well, here's your feed take your feed and enjoy it because it is really actually an awesome episode what the hell am i doing uh it's an awesome talk it's not done there's part two of this conversation coming up um and it is about a specifically awesome uh robbery case and uh and i want to take that dead dead serious okay i know how you're feeling right now you're feeling insecure you're feeling sensitive you're feeling What's tomorrow going to bring? Well, it's bringing you episodes of fucking gold. I don't know. You should be fucking pumped about that at least. And maybe not get out, take out all your aggression on your mother. Think about that too. Mm. Yeah, I know. Corporate America, what are you going to do? Here's the thing. So, uh, I got nothing new going on. Um, I am more than thrilled to talk about this this episode of uh uh man what is it but a fucking stream of just gems and jewels nothing's fact check again if you're looking if you're coming here thinking you're gonna get things that have been researched well fucking dude come on you know by now this is not the type of thing it's not the type of thing so okay uh number one I told you. Number two, I told you. Number three, I told you. Number four is that if you're new uh, to this program 
and uh, you just joined again. <laughs> Good for you, because now you don't need to do anything else. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this awesome conversation with Damien and Adolfo. And it's just another one. Just put another check on the goddamn board in prison, brother, and put some money on my books, because I'm going to party, because why not? Okay, uh, enjoy this. I'll talk to you later. What? Damien, good to see you, bro. Hey, bro. <laughs> good to see ya. It's been forever. Fucking, it has been forever. It's been a minute. But I will say this. Uh, you look great. You look fantastic. Likewise. You sound even better. Thank you. We'll because be, uh, I just tested, I'm going to tell you this. I just tested the um, positive sound. COVID. I just tested, no, positive oh, yeah. for good vibes, dude. Right, Chill. yeah. yeah. Um, God forbid I should have the COVID, dude. My brittle frame. You'll be all right. Um, <laughs> You're young and healthy. Exactly. Young and svelte. You'll be all right. You look tight. Um, tight. Yeah, right. Uh, I love you for that. Um, but uh, no, what I was going to say is I was testing the audio, making sure everybody's levels were cool. They're probably, they probably are amazing. No, I'm on. And yours were fucking great, man. Ooh. Your voice sounds really good. Australian yeah. Barry White. Oh, it's so oh, smooth. <laughs> it's like caramel. Caramel <laughs> complexion. Caramel koala. So, um, what the hell is going on? Oh, you know, so let's really get down to what the hell's going on let's here because cracker jacks and peanuts here all right guys broth, broth, don't mind tax. let's get to the chicken broth of by the way bitch. don't okay. mind him to the mic oh sorry don't all mind right. it no i'm okay i'm a hitler about it though right. because it sounds so much better when yeah you want that audio it's face a little yeah. youth about it uh, i am you know? i'm a little bit youth which is not cool Michael don't Sarah. implicate first of all germany's going through a lot germany's going through a lot shout out germany <laughs> no shout out, i don't know shout out nobody likes vegan, the germans man hot dogs. i'm a bit german i went to a german school <laughs> did you lutheran yeah no, no way. way oh um, yeah school motto was plus ultra which means ever higher <laughs> i thought you guys would relate you know oh shit ever higher baby is that like is that like catholic no it was uh lutheran lutheran martin That's luther yeah martin luther <laughs> he yeah. was the guy that nailed the, the, oh, the rules to the yeah, fucking he, wall yeah all his laws he yeah, he was he was oh man but he was probably a bleeding heart like you brave you son of a bitch you, he's been Royal he's Gibson. been he's Australian is he's he really I don't know I just have to name him he's an Aussie he for is. sure you yeah. know what I found I was Australian that, that Australian. I I, I <laughs> could not love more now <laughs> who knew that would be one motherfucking um Oh my God! Not Toby Keith. Uh, oh, you're fucking killing me, dude. <laughs> Your brain's killing no, me right what's now. No, what's a country artist? Uh, Keith Urban. Oh, Keith oh, Urban. Oh, I Keith love Urban. Keith oh, my. Urban. He's the best. What's yeah, he love? seems like a goddamn so sweetheart. Great. That would be considered oh a God. national treasure. If I consider national treasures, he's might, on our flag. Yeah, might be Australian <laughs> seventh. It's an out world. Keith. And Nicole, he's married to Nicole. Mom, she's man. Right. She needs no introduction. Needless to say, mm, she might ne- sh- as, as Keith Urban's wife, possibly. As, his but never, half, his never form. forget her. Uh, did you see that Kubrick movie with her in it? Yeah, I watched shot. Holy mother! Documentary. Fucker. Didn't he die soon after that was released? Not I think he died of like being like, "Put your pants on, Nicole. You're killing me." She looked great. <laughs> she had no bottoms on. Anyway, moving right along, and this is a perfect segue. No bottoms on. But Demi no, Moore. Demi Moore, man. We looked up Demi Moore earlier. It was a whole thing. We don't need to go back into Show, that. Was it Showgirls? Yeah. Okay. See? See? 
or showgirls or striptease striptease i always so, mi- i yep. always Same. i think i've seen neither but i um oh, i've seen I all of mistake them both. Yeah. hey everything you never saw because you thought maybe it was a waste of time seen it really yeah um because like that was a, a fascinating time in pop culture wow. because both those movies were almost sensational movies they didn't they were more it was there was more in the making of them than what was on screen mm. it was more scandal in the like salaciousness of it, right? Don't yeah. you think? Then it was that you watch that movie right now; it's ridiculous. The striptease movie. There's not. They're not like heavy into the nudity. Like I, I would imagine, things are worse now than. Yeah, you know I, mean? I still think sexu- you couldn't sexy. do what they did anymore. I don't know if I've seen. I didn't see that Hustlers movie. It was right? underwhelming. I was about to bring that up. It was very underwhelming. What was underwhelming? Everything about it, like there was not as much nudity as I expected. Wait, which movie are you talking about? The one with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, that's the Hustlers movie. Yeah, okay, okay. Was, nice, was, nice. Okay, good. I haven't seen that one either. It, it wasn't that great. It was all right. What was I fapping to as a child? I haven't yeah, seen I any know. of these. What the fuck are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> because I spent, like, I'll You sp- were checking out Penthouse, huh? I, Reading the articles. I have yeah. days that have been gone by just fapping peering it. into windows like that, bro. That's, that's terrible. Just thinking about your fucking, like, high school crush, huh? Just like. No, not diving down those done. wormholes as we've all done Whoa, that. But I think hole, I, I have no. spent ridiculous time like ath- just fascinated with certain athletes mm. and just being like, I'll oh. just follow that person's whole life. Mm. Anyway, Maybe I'm going to say any? this. If we. Although this is not the first time I've had to silence you. Let me tell you something. Okay. The reason I think. I think one of the most important reasons that you're here, mm. aside from your fucking vibe, why? What the fuck is going on? What the fuck? Why are we listening to Blink One Eight Two right now? <laughs> Yo, Yo, dude, is that next door? No, man, that's in here. Is it? I got. I got to get off camera. No, just let it run. Um, it'll be fine. But anyway, um, we the show must go. Come on, man. The show must this go is on. a fucking yeah. And um. I will say this. Let me just check and make sure everything's cool because I asked the Dingleberry for a reminder and he never gave me one. Um, I know. (laughs) The Dingleberry. Dude, I asked you one time. Okay. Anyway. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. You're good. So, uh, look, that's enough weirdness to get through just to talk about what I think I know you want to talk about, right? What is it? North Hollywood shootout. Oh, yep. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's get involved because, like, there was one time when we talked about it, and it was kind of like on my brain recently. Yeah. This was like years ago, almost. Yeah. And um, I was telling him, kind of, like a little bit, trying to get him familiarized with it, and that was next to impossible. It's like, what are you gonna do? You can't. Do you you remember it? I suppose. How old are you? (laughs) I'm twenty six. Are you? Must be nice. (laughs) How's that? It's okay. <laughs> How are your bones? I got, I got a chip on my shoulder. You were born during the internet. I was born during... I, I, I'm pre-internet. I, I, think it was I received, when I was like nine, I received like the free trial CDs for internet. Oh, for real? You know, like the AOL, try it for 30 days. With this well, that brings us to probably the period of time that this occurred, 1997, right? Heck yeah, February. Feb- February. If you will. February. I, w- I will if Give you keep take. saying it like that, pal. That's like <laughs> but, mid-February, I think. Um, this was 1997. This was the height of Friends on TV. And last season the thing... Last probably the last season of Seinfeld. I believe that. That's probably true. Was it really? 
Might have been. I he's a so. <laughs> he's a big fan. It was 19, eight, 1989 when the first episode. I don't know. We don't fact check anything, so don't worry about that. Yeah. About um, eight seasons. This isn't about that. But what it is about is, <clears throat> I was not here for that. I was not in, living in Southern California. We're not currently in Los Angeles, very close to the scene of the crime. I would say within 25 minutes of the scene of the crime, which was Sherman Way, right? Was it Sherman Way and Lancashire? Lancashire and Sherman suspect. Yeah, well, no. I remember hearing about this and being fascinated because it was not only televised, it was live. Mm-hmm. And they had aired the murder essentially, or the death of what was considered one of the most, the craziest, most, almost Old West style robberies that had ever occurred. Now, this is what I will tell you about this, is that I went, so I lived in North Hollywood for like a hot minute. I think everybody has to like do it. It's like fucking doing time. And, uh, when I was there, I went to the Bank of America, where yeah. this is this is the Bank of America yeah. in in the in San Fernando Valley in, in Southern California. And again, I wasn't here for this, but I witnessed everything on television. Yeah, and I was glued to it. I've loved those kind of like live televised crime events, whatever it was. It was utterly mesmerizing. The footage is magnetizing. It's horrific. It's brutal. There. The, the the sort of nuances of it were even more interesting, which means like the detail mm. at yeah. which these guys prepared themselves for the crime. It was the first time I had ever, like, first of all, let's go back a little bit because there is the kind of like storied history of bank robbers and stuff like that. And I've followed a lot of like bank robbers that are successful because there's that dude from Ohio or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? This was guy was like a regular ass motherfucker. No. Dude, this was a regular, how you doing? Like, ah, my name's Robert or whatever the fuck. You know, some, his name is Richard, but he goes by Ricky or some shit like that. Just a fucking schmutz who robbed local banks all over the place and was really casual about it. And it got away with all of it. This did not, this was a disaster. Are you talking about your Red Dead Redemption character? No, but respect to who, yeah, but no, I'm, I'm saying this is a, was a legit human being and he was just modest about how he would rob places and like he was smart about the time that he spent and what he wore and he was very like what was more interesting about that guy is how he looked like just a dad hmm. like his whole vibe was dad robber word it was so chill like he was wearing like new balances just a schmo like a fucking gray blob did he do was he armed when he did it no i think he used notes and shit he he went around every rule that would ever get him like in really hot water, and I think he was in and out in like seconds. And he if got it, caught, obviously, he did. Yeah, I think they they tend to get caught if they do it a lot. Eventually, yeah. But anyway, going back to this real crime that occurred, mm-hmm. I remember seeing the helicopter footage and all this stuff. And dude, it was across the street. So there's this bank, and then there was this mall across the street. Yeah. And the the police get caught up in this, and there's this. So the, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I don't remember the events it, 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 because of age and marijuana probably, but <laughs> I don't remember exactly how it goes. But but there was brothers. These are these. Uh, what were they? Romanian brothers or something? They weren't brothers. No, they were. No. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Please. Please go go go. Tell no. Me. No. For real. Um. I mean, one of them. It was Larry Phillips Jr. and Emil Matasarani. Emil had Romanian 
his mum was Romanian. Okay. She was so basically was a Romanian opera singer and she uh, defected here, I think it was in the late 70s, okay. early 80s, um, and came to America. And she basically started this care home for uh, intellectually disabled adults. Wow. So she was running that over in Pasadena. Um, so Emil kind of grew up amongst this. And then Larry Phillips Jr., he actually hailed from, well, he kind of went back and forth between LA and Colorado, but he was okay. based mostly in Colorado. Okay. And they met at Gold's Gym in Venice. Of course they did. And this was like in the late 80s. So this right. is like the heyday of Gold's Gym. This is like Hulk Hogan was training. It was legendary. The colors were neon. You might have crossed back. The, the tank tops were yeah. fucking tight and right. Yeah. The, the, they were, people were doing cycles of steroids Bodies probably. Were tight. It was a lot. So okay, so they met working out, which this reminds me of very similar to like pain and gain. Do you remember pain and gain? Yeah, exactly. It's a similar kind of vibe. Uh, go ahead with the story. So uh, fill, fill everybody in on this. This is extraordinary how it plays out. It is, and look, I should mention too, dude, because we I only first came across this story yeah. through a conversation with you. Yeah. Back in twenty, and I sucked 16, you in because twenty seventeen, and I was. That's little, what I'm saying. This is years ago. I yeah, was flabbergasted. I don't think that's too strong a word to use. No, flabbergasted. It's yeah. an extraordinary tale it's of. Enough. It's crazy. It Honestly. makes you feel like okay. There was a time where there were still these kind of like I feel like most like t t let's have a comparison. Yeah. Let's do an actual like apples to apples. Nowadays, you would consider this ridiculous. It wouldn't be worth the risk. It wouldn't be worth the reward. But well, they don't make the money. The they same don't money make the days. money the same way they do. Yeah. And and everything is securely different, and the, everything's tracked differently. Yeah. And it's very hard to get away with those crimes now. Yeah. Every crime now is motherfucking hackers, right? Yeah. So it's like fucking ninja, cyberpunk. Like, cyber. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's what it is. Check out the PS Five, everybody. Yeah. yeah. So. Going back to that, these people met at a gym. Take it from there, please. They met at the gym. Um, so they met at a gym. Um, they kind of related. They're both into guns, cars, Soldier of Fortune magazines, that kind of thing. That's right. That That's was kind right. of their big thing. But, Mercenary um, shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting given all the kind of stuff about militia and kind of young men doing shoot-ups these days yeah that's what i'm saying i feel it's like we're gonna culture. see more of that yeah yeah it's it's fascinating there's a whole subculture going on there that needs needs kind of a bit of airing but um the emil was a computer programmer he was one of the first wow. yeah he started a computer programming business. in 97 by the way yeah he was right on the cusp of it because that's the bubble that's the tech boom well this was even before this was like 99 uh, 90 so this oh, was like okay. way back wow. when wow okay okay and he okay. started this this computer engineering business that was kind of semi-successful um, it didn't do great. Yeah. I interviewed a guy who actually worked with him on this in this company, wow. uh, which was kind of fascinating hearing about this dude's character. <sighs> but anyway, yeah. So they they started hanging out. Um, Larry had his father was kind of a, a a fairly prolific petty criminal. He had this interesting history. There's always someone that gets yeah. you started, right? Well, his dad was like. He would rob liquor stores and whatnot. He got done for um, grave robbery. Oh, my graves. God. What a petty crime. What a petty crime. He was in and out of prison. He was on the run. He broke out of prison, I think, twice. And wow. he was on the run for about six or seven years. Which this is, is a career criminal. Crazy. This is his father, yeah. So I his think dad was kind of in and out of prison when he was in the bloodline, yeah. almost. Yeah. And there's, a, there's an interesting story that when... Larry was six. They were living in a trailer park outside Denver up in Colorado and they were celebrating his birthday and the police broke in and basically took his father. Oh. They busted in, 
and took his father and took him back to, to imagine jail. what that does on your psyche, by the way, exactly. as a kid, when you're hear me out, like, cause I had, you know, it's kind of odd upbringing, but like to have like a raid go on yeah. as a child, that's got to inform your future without question. Yeah. Cause conditioning is conditioning is conditioning. I feel like if you're, you are a product of your environment. 100%. You know, the drug dealer guys that I got pot yeah. off as a kid, I was like, they're getting it from their dad. Yeah. Like their dad's already dealing it, so they would just get a side, a little two show on the side, and then. Have you guys seen The Departed? Yeah, man. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Dude. Reminds me of a film where it's yeah. criminals. But so 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 okay. So he's he's living in the trailer park. He's seeing his dad's behavior. He grows up. He meets this guy at the gym who's like, I'm like you, bro, because I know how that goes. Like when you meet somebody that's a kin, right? Like you, it was like, oh, I can get along with this fella. I had no problem getting along with this fellow. And if you came to me one day and you're like, hey, I got a plan. Uh, have you ever tried to rob a place? Because like, I love guns. You love... I, I would be like, Damien, I have enough anxiety from just living my day-to-day life and not getting into confrontations with people at the supermarket. No, thanks. But this guy, on the other hand, it's the flip. It's a guy that connects with a guy and goes, this is the way to do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, is this the first of the robberies, or did they do a successful version first, and then they went for a big dough? They did mult. They did almost at least seven or eight robberies. Fuck. Um, Fuck. So Larry started off doing. He tried to get into real estate, um, and he got his real estate license. Yeah, and a bit of a catch twenty two. Basically, to uh, become a real estate agent, he went to Sears and stole this suit because he wanted to be presentable. But he got caught. Absolutely. He then got his real estate license, but then got disbarred from being a real estate agent because he had a criminal record. Because this he is like a Coen Brothers movie, dude. Yeah. So that, and he kind of after that, he started running real estate scams uh. in uh, Orange County, but then also up in Colorado. So basically, and he was one of the first people to do this. Okay. So full credit to him. But he would, he would basically find houses that were being uh, sold. He'd get a tour from the real estate agent, find out where they kept the keys, and then start displaying these houses to potential renters and then take deposits. No. Yeah. What? So he was basically running What a, a scam. great scam. It's always a hustle, man. Yeah. What it's a great scam, though. Yeah. Because if you can have that, like, that'll get you by. But that's only day to day. You realize that there has to be bigger fish to fry, right? But that's that's exactly it. <laughs> it's very astute of you, Drew Brooks, because that's exactly what happened. He felt, you know, How'd he's you know making that, Drew? ah with one pancake leads another pancake, my friend. <laughs> Look at yeah. this crumb DNA. Talking, talking about breakfast and shit <laughs> from Bo- it's Boston. You know Boston. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Fucking criminals over there. Man. <laughs> All criminals from an Australian <laughs> to a, you know, one hundred percent. I feel like there's a kinship there because we we were like little Australia, bro. <laughs> We're all no. descended from the Irish. I told him earlier today, I was like, I wouldn't, I don't, even when I meet people from New England, and this is a terrible thing to say for all the people from Massachusetts, but even when I meet, I'm always on edge. I'm like, God, am I going to fucking hate this guy? Yeah. I think I probably hate people like me first. I hear you. I'm <laughs> self-racist too, man. Like, I'm like, dude, I, I fucking. I'm like this Ben Affleck motherfucker over don't here. Don't look at me twice. <laughs> But anyway, 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 we're digressing a little bit just because I want to keep on track with this because this is we haven't even gotten even remotely close to the juice of this. No, I'm serious. There are nuts and bolts to this story and the subsequent, I I, I think, tragedy, almost dare I say Shakespearean 
It, there is, it really is, yeah. It's something so sad about it. And something reminded me, because I did rewatch Pain and Gain recently. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and then I read the Wikipedia. I Wikipedia. Huh. I went through the whole bitch. Yeah. And dove down these people's private lives and realized how much of that was Michael Bay and how much that was, you know, fucking real life. And it was just fascinating and how the spiral of crime and the accidents and the weirdness and the like personal history and the problems that everyone had because everybody had these like really specific problems and it's often a financial problem. Mm. Um, inadequacies, whatever they are, but it's so simple, right? Nevertheless, these guys get together. They start lives of petty crime that I love the little mini hustles in the beginning because they're so, it's so critical to the confidence of a psychopath yeah. to think that they can go from that to like full on and not just robbery, mind, mind you. This is not just a robbery of a bank. This is like a, a artillery that you can't find, right? Yeah. This is serious guns. That's why like, so anyway, to sort of preface the ending of this thing is I go back after I see on, as a kid, I see it on TV. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. As a kid, I love it because I'm like, it's Reservoir Dogs, it's Pulp Fiction now. Everybody's yeah. having love and reality television. I see this thing displayed on TV. I couldn't believe it. I'm watching the TV blown away with what's going on. Yeah. And the and the tragedy unfolds. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a sad story and so incredibly violent. And then I go and I'm there. So I go almost like a field trip. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna go down the street and walk and see this place that still operates. Yeah, it's still it there. still operates. And it's still operated as at the time, but they don't have what they had when I was there. Yeah. So I go there. I walk down the street from the... To the bank or what? To the bank. Yeah, yeah. Which is an awful walk. If you've ever walked in LA, every, every walk is awful. <laughs> but that's a particularly bad walk uh, because it's just so awkward and sometimes there's no sidewalk and shit in North Hollywood. It's weird out yeah. there. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah. Um, but I go and I actually saw... The holes that were still in the gates yeah. from the round, because they had some, I don't know what caliber it was, and I'm not going to try to pretend like I fucking know what I'm talking about, yeah. but it was massive. Yeah. The holes in the gates from the kind of caliper that was shot at that close range from yeah. across the street, because it was a street war yeah. that ended ended up. So this is a botched robbery that ended up in a street war with fucking LAPD and SWAT. Yeah where they shot off like a hundred billion rounds yeah. of ammunition. And it was so, and I'm not getting ahead of myself because I think we'll dial back into it in terms of like the readiness and the preparedness, because that was more of what I think I latched onto is that the more I do, like the more I read about this case and the more I realized how try, they try to be so prepared mm. those to, to do the, to go to the lengths that they did mm. um, and be unsuccessful and especially unsuccessful as this to sort of, end up this sort of I don't know how to put it but it's almost like that tabloid sensationalism yeah it's really sad yeah. and really it, it has the doesn't have lasting effect yeah. that you think it would I love police chases that end and the guy's like oh fuck it I'm sorry and he ends up on the ground I love those because yeah. they end like all right man you fucking tore out a car but okay. you didn't murder people and this was like there are people, there are cops still dealing with the trauma of this fucking... It was, yeah. I mean, no cops died on the day of. <sighs> um, Jesus. But there was Think quite a few that. injured. A lot injured. And and people talking, and I remember seeing... Okay, so let's talk about the media involved mm. here. Because this, 
Robbery Gone Wrong that happened in 1997, which is crazy because it just seems crazy that it would even go on. But it goes so horribly off the rails. It's it's sensationalized on television. But also, one of the things about it is that there's like moments in the video where there are police trapped. Like you could see them like trapped by trees. And a lot of that stuff was kind of emulated very well with the Michael Mann movie Heat, right? We all know that movie. It's one of, I think, maybe one of the AFI's top whatever bullshit. I don't know. Favorite Michael Mann movie on three. Thief. One, two. Go ahead. Three. Thief. Collateral. You love Collateral. Hate's like, I mean, he redefined the genre yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, it did. Collateral's. It was like it a character-driven heist film. It was wonderful. And I, I think Collateral's, Collateral's a very character-developed yeah. film as I'm, well. I'm, I'm, Tom I'm, Cruise I'm, literally, in the bonus features of that DVD, <laughs> he went out to a rural state. I believe this. To pretend to have this sort of desolate life that this, this, is this, this, this hitman had. That's Tom Cruise, and that's you the know? dedication that's of Tom no, Cruise. Nobody has that. Nobody has that. dedication that he also presents to But you. true. I mean, we know Heat was made twice. He, this heat, the heat really? you know, yeah. There was a film that preceded it. Really? He remade Heat, which is the heat that you know. Oh, my God. But three years old, earlier. I want to see the it. early one. It's not great. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. But that's well, why he remade good, it. What's a good thing? Yeah. yeah. I guess. That's yeah. why he remade it's it. Better. It's such a good movie. And it's so. Uh, it stood the test of time. It's still a classic cool guy movie. Wait for Collateral, the, one out of 10. What was it? Collateral. What about it? One out of 10. Give it an eight. He'll give it an eight. Well, you. I love Collateral. I'll tell you two things I love about it. He's like a. He's like the first time where I think Tom Cruise to me played older than he oh, normally he's plays. One out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, you better chill out, dude. <laughs> no, uh, but you know, these I'm gonna guys, say a seven for for okay, for Michael seven? Mann movies. Yeah, Michael Mann it's movies. I love. Jamie Foxx in it. I think he's tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jamie Foxx is going to be awesome as Tyson, huh? For real. He's going to be amazing as Tyson, bro. No. Yeah, he's already fucking working out like him and shit. It's going to be huge. Bro, he's tremendous. Anyway, going back to what we were talking about, please, so we don't get off track here, because, you know, we're dealing with certain time constraints and also the ability to talk in general. Yeah. But uh, going back to that. So these people prepared, and how do they prepare? Tell you me. knew they based the heat was like, you knew you knew that whole thing. Sure. So they oh yeah, it. we were going back to the media of this. Yeah, go ahead. But basically, the heat was their favorite film. They watched. They had multiple copies. So basically, when they when they arrested these, or they both died. But when they raided all, they had various buildings and various like hideouts set up around yeah, yeah LA, and they raided all of these, and they found multiple copies of heat. Wow. And they'd watch this film upwards of like 150, 200 times. It's a masterclass in crime. Yeah. And there was a lot taken from De Niro's character, both Goodfellas, but then also De Niro's character in The Heat and that notion of never being connected to something you can't walk away from in like... Dude, it's a mantra. It's it's lasted the test of time. It might last as long as like Scarface and the whole world is yours kind of thing. There was a, yeah. Because there's so many ties to that and culture and sure. I feel like it's it's gone beyond its own culture and it's bled into hip hop and it's bled into new culture and it's lasted... So farther than I think even the people that made it realized. Yeah, and 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 Heat is too. And I think I could see that in it, especially because 
If you ever did, you ever skateboard or anything? Yeah. yeah. So we you skated. I used to get just jacked on skate videos yeah. before I went out and skateboarded. Yeah. I would get like if jacked I was doing skateboarding, dude. Videos. If I was doing skateboard moves, and you know the risky sometimes, mm. but you get pumped on those skate vids yeah, yeah. because it's it's these guys that were game tight. Yeah. And I think if you're gonna get hyped before you go out on a fucking robbery, bro. Well, they did this. They literally, like, one of their first robberies was a um, armored van, right? And they did. Of course, this. it is, man. That's yeah. where you train. They chased this armored van through the streets. Um, they did. It was an unsuccessful robbery, but they basically the first actual ever robbery was it was an armored van in Littleton, Littleton Colorado. Okay. That was like semi-successful in the sense that they made. They basically got to the, the van was doing a drop off at a bank. Uh-huh. Um, they came late. The guy took the money in. And they got him as he came out. And he basically had discard cash on him. So discard cash is like worn bills and like, uh, you know, destroyed. It's, it's almost like you, you, you're throwing it away. Exactly. It's yeah. money it's that's being money's thrown. going back to be burnt. And they made about $20,000 off that one. It's not bad. It's not bad. Wow. It's all right. But, but <laughs> compared to like the hundred or $200,000 that was being taken into the bank at the time. they mm-hmm. um, That's a lot of imaginary money being burnt right there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What's money so they had a successful. Nothing. Mission. Imaginary. They had a successful mission. That got them further into it and further into it. Was there a first bank? Uh, yeah. What was the first bank? Um, I mean, they did a number of armored vans. Um, one armored van, they actually killed a guy, which was the only guy that was ever killed uh. that we know of. There was a guy called Norman Cook who was a security guard. And it was one of these right. things where these two guys, they literally popped up behind a barrier and just opened fire on this um, armored van. And obviously, one of the bullets took this guy's life. Um, he was about sixty-five, I think, Oof. at the time, um, which was unfortunate. But that, um, yeah, that was the only guy that they actually killed. But yeah, so it was armored vans, and then they graduated to banks, and obviously the the, the final bank in uh, in ninety-seven. And it is a final show. Yeah. It's a showdown almost. It feels when, especially when you're looking at. The footage of it, as I was from so far away from Southern California that I didn't even know what it, the landscape was about. Yeah. I was so far from palm trees, I had no idea. Palm trees? Come on. So I see this footage. I see how clearly everything is because it's daylight. Yeah. It's daytime, dude. Yeah, it's 9 a.m. And it's so bright, and the traffic is. Still available, but still trying to maneuver around it. And you're watching like aerial view of like a six. It's like a six lane road. The the shootout itself, there was like these guys, there was a certain anticipation of the glory. It's like soldiers who go to war and they lust after the glory. I don't know if you ever saw that. What was that film? A Jarhead. Oh yeah, the end of that film where there's a certain. That's a good film, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of anger around the sense that these guys never really get to take a shot. Like they've done all this training for something, and they lust after the excitement of war, and they never get to take a shot. I think that's why we have terrible police. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, I think that that disappointment for so many people, uh, and I think for maybe these guys to not see so much action. Yeah. Even when they're getting, dude. Can I say something? Just jokingly, like this is a weird fantasy, but like just jokingly wandering in to a bank and being like, and having that thought of like what a fucking person would have to go through and the anxiety that you have just in imagining one scenario. Mm. I couldn't do it. 
I'm just not built for that. There are certain people I think built for the thrill, you know, whether it's... I mean, these guys were taking beta blockers before they went in. That's part of the why I was so yeah. fascinated about it is that like, there's something I love the ability to be like... Uh, it's almost like you see the lifestyle in, in Ray Liotta's character in Goodfellas, right? Yeah. When, toward the third act, right? Where he's just coked out of his fucking gourd. Yeah. But the lifestyle required almost him to be coked out of his fucking gourd. Yeah. And with like this, the whole, uh, the oddity of, and I've seen a lot of this in like other places in my life with people, whether it's like performance enhancing or like yeah. people that want to stay up a lot or whatever it is, you know? I've seen just as much of that in sports as I have in other recreations, meaning like I could see somebody being like, let me try to normalize my body for a trauma mm. so that I can be as clear headed as possible in the moment. And they are so clear headed. Like I said, because there's something very militant and organized about how they went out, like how they actually went out. Meaning like they were, didn't they have a Buick Cutlass or something like that? They are celebrity. Funnily ah. enough, that was the name of the car, interestingly yeah. enough. Bu Buick Celebrity, man. And, and and in fact, just as a side note, all of these cars are still available at LA P Police Museum. You can go and see them. You can go see them. Yeah. It's Guys, like why are you wasting your money in anything else? There's it's nothing interesting going on. Yeah, they've got their car there. They've got the cop cars from um from the day of. They've got their kit. They've got their weapons. No there. shit. The whole display there, yeah. It's still there. And I know that like there's details, like for instance how they had digital watches sewn into their gloves or thing. something like that. So they had about five or six heavy machine guns. They had like a Norinco uh, Chinese made AK-47. Jesus like, one Christ, of that's heavy artillery, they had bro. They had 15s with like drum clips. So they had the big, like like hundreds of round drum clips. Um, they, exactly. They sewed uh, watches into their gloves. So they had perfect timing. And yeah. Like they had... They had um, they had armor on, and this is like hundreds of pounds of armor. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't this like, kind of stuff that you have to, that's it's hard to carry around. And these guys were like, I mean, Larry was like six foot something. So this is like, the dude looked like a giant, like an ogre, like a beast going into this, into this bank. Honestly, if I was going to pick anybody, anybody in the world to rob a bank, mm. it would be somebody from Gold's Gym. I'm being straight up with you. I was going down to this one down the street. Were you going there? Which one was that? Oh, Gold's. The one. Yeah, oh, down the street. I haven't, no, Don't I reveal see. anything, but down the street. <laughs> I was a member if there. If you want to find Drew, he's going to be at fucking... Shh, shut up, dude. Say it, tell him. So I was a member there. And <laughs> I, every time I went into the where they do the heavy shit, I never did the heavy shit, but like whenever I go in to look at who was doing the heavy shit, like the real shit, yeah. the clinkety clink, when everything clinks, yeah. I'm doing the thing where it's like a rope. <laughs> it has no clinkety clink to shit. So I go in looking at the clinkety clinks, and all those meatheads look like people. I would be like, "Hey, I'll give you ten grand to rob somebody." Oh they look like who you would hire in like a Dateline episode yeah. to like kill, like, you, uh, "Hey, kill my husband, all right, Antonio." And the guy would be like, "I'll do it, but after a fucking workout session, you know." <laughs> but like, uh, anyway, anyway, but like, paying gains like that, bro. Yeah, paying gain is literally meatheads. Who got bad ideas and they got worse. They got way, way worse than they thought they could ever be. It's funny in that film, they touch on Tom Vu. They're kind of a little bit of a, a reference to Tom Vu. And Tom Vu influenced these guys as well. For sure. I don't know if you remember Tom Vu. 
But it was this Vietnamese gentleman who would preach about the uh, how easy it is to make money flipping houses. Right, basically. yes. And he used to have all these videos yes. on TV of him on like yachts. With, like, mm. He'd like girls. land in a helicopter and be like, great. all of this could be yours, <laughs> yours, the yours. Innovator of that sort He's, of I mean, dude, it's the same shit as you see on Short Instagram. Jordan Belfort now. and yeah, exactly. everybody. Yeah, Gordon totally. Belfort, all these fools. It was like that okay. was coming. Dude, there's... I mean, I remember there's one guy and I can't remember the fucking name, but I have, I still have his CD because I found it in a thrift store once. Barry Minkin, that was, that was another Barry guy. Minkin. Yeah. This guy was like, he was like, he kind of talked like this and he was like, you want to make money today, but you want to make it easy and you want to make it as money. And he yeah. was a sweet talking son of a bitch and I loved him. I always loved seeing him on TV late, yeah. late at night when nobody has business on television. But anyway, yeah, you could see how like, dude... The easily susceptible mind. If I could be vibed, if I could vibe on these people uh, in college and be like, "Wow, maybe I can make millions in real estate." Of course you can't, dude. Yeah. You dumb fucking idiot. But you're gonna think to yourself, "If I get that program, though, that's gonna send me on the right track." Yeah. And I think with a lot of these people believing in, it's part of the we- reason why it's hilarious to b- to be like a Scarface fan. This is why I, I, I it's hilarious because you're. It's it's being a fan of a tragedy. Mm. You're being a fan of a sad story, not a not a. He doesn't like survive. Mm. He gets murdered. Mm. Like that's part of what's so fascinating about this story, and also what I think is un is unjust of any of the people that have tried to build a narrative of of it as of yet, because I do feel like there's something sort of, dude. There's something sort of sadly poetic about what they wanted. It's like the American dream or like that that high hope shit of like he's I mean he said it. He verbalized it. He said, I want to go that's how I want to die. I want to go out in a hail of bullets. Because you kind of get like that's the romanticism of crime and why I'm fascinated with it. And also like why it probably was like so I'm playing this Red Dead Redemption game. Mm. Like a piece of shit. And uh Is it a Western? It's a Western. It's great. You're a cowboy. And you can be evil, you can be nice. Yeah. Evil's way more fun. Always. And being nice sucks, dude. You have to give ladies a ride home and stuff. It sucks. <laughs> but it really is, it gives you that world and space to explore all of those options. And, and they're all stressful, to be honest with you. All of them are stressful. But uh, this, the, okay, sorry. So... They, they devised this plan and let's get really into the meat of this because I feel like now it's now or never Damien. They devised this plan. They wake up early in the morning. They take barbiturates so they can slow their hearts so that they're calm as shit in the yeah. fucking moment. Cause you can imagine you're a performer. You've been on stage. You know what it's like mm. to have those moments of nervousness, whether it's a audition or if it's a fucking performance, yeah. there's this moment of like, Oh, you're kidding. I'm scared now. Are you shitting me? Like, there was like my. I'm like, I'm like, how am I scared? I'm thirty. I'm a thirty-six year old man. How the fuck? Are, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. being like that and still being like, golly. Yeah. And like you're in a haunted house almost. It's fucking scary sometimes. Yeah. It's just being. I'm just being a fucking human being, guys. Yeah. Not a man. Not a woman. Not a human being. That being said, these guys calm them. There's like, I probably think that if I would recommend something, probably not something heavy. But like, well, there's, I mean, Emil, so Emil had, had epilepsy as well. He had that diagnosed when he was quite young and he was prone to really violent outbursts. There's a really interesting story where he, he attacked his neighbor when he was young with a chainsaw. So he was Jesus. kind of prone to these angry outbursts. Right. 
And there's some, some conjecture that they were basically taking his medication that he was given for epilepsy. And he'd also had brain surgery um, a little time prior So to he's this. already off his fucking coconuts. That's the thing, man, is like I could see someone getting hopped up on silly juice and watching this Red Dead shit and get hype. Hmm. Buying a fucking some Smith & Wesson's getting wild. Right? Going to Vegas, <laughs> fucking punching some get dudes out. Get the horse. Out. But like, yeah, get the horse, dude. Trotting up sunset. <laughs> hey. So, um, but yeah, so anyway, so. The robbery doesn't go as planned. So yeah, so basically they rock up, they're prepped. They've got a, they've got a car full of artillery. Um, Tons they, of. They drive ammunition. up to the front of the Bank of America. They've taken their they've taken their drugs. They've set their watches for eight minutes because the idea was that the police are going to be there within eight minutes. Definitely. Literally, as they walk into the bank, there's a patrol that goes past, sees these guys, calls oh. it in. It's just bad timing. Yeah. It's a weird bad timing scenario, yeah. which. If you're doing bad things, bad timing is going to hit you a little harder than normal bad timing. Yeah. So that being said, the response is pretty fucking quick. It was pretty quick. And to be honest, like eight minutes is kind of optimistic anyway as a bank thief. I mean... You should preface this by saying that LA is the bank robbery capital of America. There's Shout like two out. to three bank robberies. You know why yeah. I know that? You know why I know that? And yeah. I think we talked about this when we initially discussed this, is that I started noticing that if I pulled off on the 101 to go to an ATM, yeah. there was always plexi everywhere. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, everywhere I pull off the highway. And I found out because so many robberies were going on off, that chance? off the 101 yeah. that everybody just got on the horn with everybody else and was like, yo, Plexi, two inches, bulletproof. Yeah. So the stretch of the 101 through the San Fernando Valley, it's all plexiglass. Like people yeah. don't fuck around. That's and that's crazy. largely because of this robbery. Mm. Wow. This was kind of pivotal. Yeah. In the sense that, um, I mean, this is one of the things that the police were basically, when they rocked up, they were totally outgunned. They had like small sidearms. Yeah. And even the SWAT, when they eventually turned up, they were playing a basketball at the game at the time. So they turn up in their like active wear. Um, they have to go across the road to this strip mall. Right. Um, commandeer these weapons from a gun shop and come back and... And, you and know, do some damage. And do some damage. And they do damage because the bank, the banks and the surrounding area, which I think back on now... Because I went there, like I said, I walked the surrounding area and there was still damage done to the gates and, and the wall. There was a concrete wall in the back yeah. that separates it from a residential area. Yeah. And it was, there's fucking nicks in the wall. You see the fucking gun. And they could, I don't think they could cover it up that fast, but the damage was so severe from both sides. Yeah. So even the shots that were being from law enforcement or like you said, SWAT, they could have hit an innocent bystander so quickly. Yeah. I mean, people, number, quite a people, a lot of people were hit. Um, I mean, they were getting shots across the street, like through shop windows and whatnot. Yeah. Like stray bullets. And Emil and, and uh, Larry, they actually went through almost did like 2,000 rounds in about That's 45 insane. minutes. I was wow. just there. So they, so they were in the bank. They get in there. They find out there's not as much money as they expected. They were hoping for like around seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. They, they is, find out there's a lot less. That sucks. Um, closer uh, to around where? Do you I know? think it was closer to around like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Ooh. Emil then goes into the vault, opens up his weapon into the vault, just starts shooting up the vault. Right. Um, they get what they can. They start to walk outside. They see the police. As they come out, they just literally instead of running, they just open fire basically on the police. And then that, that whole sort of shootout ensued. Well, and so about 45 minutes. That's kind of when I tuned in. Mm. So when I started watching the video of it, this is the peak. 1997 is the peak of tabloid 
journalism and, and raw TV and all that. Uh, whether it was like OJ or some shit like that. There was like a lot going on. And I remember watching... Here's exactly what I remember from the camera view. Yeah. Is that there was a car that was almost set up like a tank. And it was slowly driving, also blocking a, a person and having him having the ability to spray down and like give washes of bullets and artillery yeah. to the cops that were in front of him. Yeah. And it would just, he would just, and I'd never seen, it was like RoboCop, bro. Yeah. He was like, obviously it, the weight of the armor was really weighing on him because he was moving really slow, yeah. but it was so creepy watching that and not knowing anything about it because it looked like, oh, that looks like the closest thing to like a super villain. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Exactly. So they basically walk outside, they open fire, Emil gets into the driver's, uh, the driver's seat of the Chevy Celebrity. And starts driving slowly while Larry's outside basically spraying the crowd with bullets. And it looks crazy from the helicopter. Yeah. And even nuts. the and yeah, and like uh press choppers are turning up and police right. helicopters and these guys are shooting up at the choppers as yep. well. So these oh choppers God. have to and you can still what you can still listen to live footage on, on YouTube. There's a whole video of it. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. The best experience by far is the YouTube experience on it. Because like every movie and documentary is a disappointment. Sorry. Did these helicopters get shot at? I mean they like, get did, shot at, did, yeah. I mean, but did they like did they any of them like you know, where it was it fatal to any of the? No, no, no. I don't. Th I don't think any of them actually got hit. Yeah. But they. Um, no. There's a moment when you when you watch the footage that the chopper pilot is like, "Fuck, we gotta get oh, out of fuck. here," and they start flying further back because they're getting they're nope. getting shot. They realize what's going yeah. on. Now let's get really fucking real, because there's a turning point here, and it comes after all, this hail of bullets mm. going from both sides, right? And you're hitting police police officers. There's stray innocent people. There's shop windows there's cross traffic uh it's chaos uh already swarms of other police are trying to sort of come and show up and do some damage too but it's it's it really they do look outgunned hmm. but then right is the who gets fucking shot first it's it's this is the thing and this is why what we still don't know is that so these two guys are together. Emil's driving the car. Larry's standing up and firing. Right. And then at one point, they drive out onto the street, which is kind of um, perpendicular to Lancashire, and they split up. Right. And Larry this starts walking down the street on his own. He kind of goes behind a truck and then keeps walking. This is a street, street with like how homes. Exactly. Just and there's basic. still like civilian cars coming up because they haven't had a chance to kind of lock this thing off. Yeah. Residential area. Residential area, exactly. So Larry starts walking down the street. He's firing. They're still firing at him. His gun jams. Right. His assault rifle jams. So he drops that. He pulls out a Beretta. He takes a couple of shots. Uh, and then this is the big thing. He grabs the gun, puts it under his chin and shoots himself in the head live That's on right. television. Yeah. Just as one of the police, um, one of the police bullets strikes him through the neck and through the spine. It's almost like within a very, very short amount of time. And that's coming from under a car or something, right? Yeah. Isn't that stray bullet from a police officer that's like hiding under exactly, a car? Exactly, yeah. So they're kind of pulling up in the residential area. They come oh up behind God. him and they, 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 they shoot at him and he shoots himself. Exactly. At the same time. Meanwhile, Emil is in the car in the Chevy Celebrity. He's driving up. That, that, that car gets peppered with bullets. It's driving super slow up, up through an intersection. He gets out of it. He, he stops, he waves down a truck. It's like a, uh -huh. a Ford F-150 or something like that. He waves yeah. down the truck. This guy who's driving the truck gets out of the truck, runs off. Emil loads guns from the back of the Chevy Celebrity into the back that's of the right, truck. That's right. That's gets right. in the front seat. 
realizes the dude's taken the keys, oh, so he can't go He's anywhere. He's fucked. Yeah. The the police rock up, investigators, FBI and whatnot, LAPD come up behind him and they're shooting at him. They have a big shootout. They get him under the car. They shoot him about twenty six times. Jesus Louise. Because these guys are wearing full body armor. Like oh even if God. they're getting hit, um, they're getting hit by low caliber ammunition and it's just bouncing off their, their body armor. Right. So they get him in the legs because his legs are uncovered. Eventually take him down and he surrenders. Um, and he was on the ground for about half an hour, an hour after that, um, just bleeding out. Oh. Which is one of the big controversial points about this because there's a lot of, a lot of people are saying that you know, they should have let the ambulances through. They could have gone to hospital, couldn't let him live. Fuck that. The police didn't want that. This is the heyday, though. This is the heyday, though. The fucking haters, This is, this is, this is the... You just made me go through a bunch of all this bullshit, like, with all, like, my buddies right now. Well, fuck you. We're going to watch you die. That's exactly what it is, man. The fucking dirty ass... It's also way more than they've probably seen action-wise in so long that they don't know what they're doing. I don't know... I know that it was extraordinarily long that they let him bleed out. Yeah. It was like, it was strangely exactly. long. Exactly. Why? Why? You know oh, you they shot him in the legs. He, was, he wasn't able to walk at that point. When you shoot a cop, bro. Fuck you. Let me you, tell you something. Your life's gone. I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think the cops are going to be cool that you shot at the cops. Let me say that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's purely retaliation. Uh, like, and I understand. I, I see I see yeah. it. I don't understand it, it's but like I also said their own medicine or something crazy. Right, guys. It's but it's also like it's so over. It's a, such a colossal amount of violence for such a small amount of money. When yeah. you think about the big scheme of things now, and like uh, fortunes are are most likely hacked now before they're ever violently taken you know there's still a lot of kidnapping going on i don't know if you know this but yeah. yeah i mean these got over the over the period of the career they made a couple of million though so they made a lot for bank thieves that was quite a lot of money and i think they were probably they probably found themselves successful enough to arm to the teeth and then have something blow up in their face and be like fuck we're fucked because you can Body language is a funky thing, but like you can see how fucked they are when they're when they're doing their thing. They're like, "This is we're not getting out of this." You can kind of even see in the way that they're walking and shit. You're just like, "This is not gonna end. This is gonna go on forever." Especially with how hard they pressed it. Yeah, it was yeah. Because like a lot of people run, guys. A lot of people take off and they don't stop. And then the cops get to the county line and they go, "And this really happens. This isn't fucking cowboy shit." They go, fuck it, let it, let so, such and such county deal with it. And they yeah, pass the buck. Right. This wasn't one of those cases and this wasn't one of those, I don't think, I think these were thrill junkie, bro, like Point Break style, reference Point Break. Was, that was definitely a thing. And as I said before, they had this conversation, Larry and Jeanette had this conversation um, a day before, um, basically to the effect of that I may not see you again. And wow. this, this could be it. So there was a, there was a, an expectation there that this could wow. go, this could head south and perhaps they wouldn't make it out. Wow. That's so crazy because it's like, uh, wait, I often think about what it would, you know, like I said, I put the scenario in my head and I go, oh, what would it take? Like to, it just never seems worth, those never seem worth it. The ones that seem worth it are like things you never hear about. You know what I'm saying? Like fortunes you don't hear about missing because they're, you know, 
covered by insurance and nobody ever reveals their losses and stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, you little fucking son of a bitch. Um, but so let's leading you into this project. Tell yeah. me about the project. And I, I think just on that, that's kind of one of the, uh, why people gravitate towards bank robberies. Cause I think there's a sense, a, I think there's a sense of fuck the banks. And I think B there's a sense of that bank robberies are like a victimless crime. Do you know what I mean? It's like, the they can be afford it. I mean, you look at things like, um, hella high water, for example, there's a certain romanticism that goes around. Oh yeah. Uh, the people fighting back against the banks and basically trying to get kind of get the money that they're owed. It's that King Arthur or that fucking Robin Hood shit, bro. It's Western. It's it's the, it's the new yeah. Western. Do you know what I mean? And it and it, there's something to there is a victimist crime. There's something to um, it's a it's a a quick buck, but also like it does seem like there was a time, not today, that you could actually. Get away with it. Like I mean, you, you absolutely could. And that's yeah. the thing. It's like prior to this and prior to the... This is why the police now have like assault weapons and shotguns right. and all this kind of thing and sort of heavy artillery that they that they actually patrol with because they didn't have it prior to this. And the reason now why banks have so many cameras and why you've got this, this incredible bulletproof glass, like they had a little bit of that back in the day, but not so much. No way. Um, but yeah, absolutely. This was kind of pivotal in terms of changing how things are done. So what... Um, so how, like, so you put together a story and you wrote something? Is that right? Well, this is the thing. So right, I, started looking, I started looking, looking into it. Um, and I was really fascinated by it. And I started reaching out to some of the people that were involved in it. Um, okay. And I managed to track down, um, so Jeanette Federico, who Larry was married to at the time. Uh-huh. She lives up in Denver now. Um, and we start to swap. I, I found her through Facebook and we start to swap sort of messages. Cool. Um, kind of back and forth. Uh, and I expressed that I was interested in, in just kind of investigating this and perhaps putting together some sort of project. Good. And things kind of things kind of went quiet and I thought, you know, fuck it. I've got to sort of show I'm serious. So I, I just hit her up and said, look, I'm coming up to Denver. Um, let me wow. know if you'd be interested in getting lunch or just wow. like having a chat. Um, so I flew up and we, we met up for lunch. Um, and it was cool. funny because we were both like, kind of super nervous really because we didn't really know what to expect i would imagine um but we had this lunch and we really hit it off and uh basically so to preface this when they would when this whole shootout happened jeanette didn't know didn't know what was happening um, right she didn't know what they were doing she didn't know um what was going to happen in terms of the robbery itself so she was at home. She'd taken her daughter to school. She was at home doing the ironing. She switched the TV on and she sees this thing unfold. Wow. And immediately she knows that's her husband. Wow. So she's watching her husband die live on television. Wow. So this happens. She freaks the fuck out. Doesn't know what, doesn't know what to do. She drives to the school. She gets her daughter and basically flees. She's terrified. You know, um, she flees. She gets out of LA. Yeah. She's, She's on the run basically for two weeks. Um, she doesn't hear anything from the police. Um, hasn't, hasn't, family hasn't been contacted or anything. She's like, what's going on? Eventually, she's watching Unsolved Mysteries on television and she sees herself profiled on television. On wow. Mysteries. So she's like, okay, well, um, she freaks out. She doesn't know what to do. She ends up contacting the authorities. She turns herself in and she gets investigated by the FBI. She's interrogated and whatnot by the police, by the FBI. Um, so... 
that happens. 20 years later, flash forward, I meet up with her and look, like we've spoken to lawyers and stuff about this, but basically there's a whole lot of information that was never necessarily made public to the media. Um, And there's a whole story of her life with Larry and also with, she was friends with Emil as well and Emil's wife. They all kind of hung out together. Um, There's this whole story that basically has never been disclosed to the media and obviously has never been made public through film or kind of any kind of representations of this robbery or their life together. So that's what this project's really about. It's really about... It's really about the life of the matriarch behind um, the crime family because they would have these conversations where it's almost like when a soldier goes off to war or like a a, a police officer leaves, you know, and his wife's like, you know, you may never see this person again realistically. Like that's kind of how it was being married to this guy who was a bank thief. So that's largely what this project's about. It's largely about their life together, but then also um, what that life was like being married to somebody whose job it was to go out and basically knock over banks honestly i love that perspective because a i haven't seen a a narrative like that where it's like this is the relationship from that side which is really hip like trying to especially if you're damned to be in love with somebody uh and then you know oh that's their that's how they get on you know they're hustler or whatever and then you see the lengths because i'm sure they downplay it because most criminals downplay how they operate around you know, loved ones and shit, that happens. That's a big portion of it. And I think it's very interesting to tell that angle of it, right? Is that relationship? And then the moving on. Because like, what what in the world can you compare to that? What, like some kids and, you know, some suburban neighborhood after that? Like, that's a crazy ride. And then to have like full breaks and then like now you're just chilling in Colorado or whatever, you know, no disrespect, but like that's quite an opposite or poses quite an opposite perspective too. Yeah. Um, you know, much in the way that like Henry Hill, you know, and the Goodfellas is like, you know, when he gets relocated, that's a tough situation in and of itself to like slow down and not be the fucking idiot that you were. Ooh, baby, wasn't that something, huh? That was molten hot lava. Just talking and talking. And he was kicked back. I actually looked at it a second ago. He just kicked back, crossed his legs, acts like he ain't got no fucking problem in the world, doesn't he? Doesn't he? I love that guy. He's coming back. Again, I told you there's a part two to this, and it's pretty exciting, and it's coming up. And there is so much. See, because we open up Pandora's box, okay? We talk about this situation. Did we not? We did. Uh, But there are unknown if not dangerously controversial aspects to this particular situation. And maybe we'll get into it and we'll dive in. We'll sort of crack that open, probably solve the case. Who knows? Probably do a little legwork for the police that they're not doing right now. Maybe you think about that. Okay. Shout out to officer Jesse. Um, uh, anyway, so here we are, we're doing it. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining us. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. And um, I look forward to serving you again and serving up some some sweet, sweet shit. Okay? So uh, until then, take care of yourselves. And uh, again, make sure your skin suit's okay. Nope. That's... Just make every... Okay. Just uh, let me do the... Hey, just wanted to say, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, don't forget.
watering your plants.